The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hello, everyone. Happy Halloween. And we've got a big treat for everyone today. Uh, We're going to be talking about how artificial intelligence, AI, machine learning, technology, a whole host of other things, candidate experience are impacting the future of work and the way HR works and hires. Uh, We've got another great guest scheduled for you on this, our fifth week of the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show on W4CY.com. And welcome back. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, along with my co-host, Keith Compagna, and our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. You'll hear more about them throughout the show. Uh, remember, while we're recording this show for broadcast, uh, you can also rehear it on um, iHeartRadio, we're, but we're also live, and our lines are open. You can call us uh, with questions uh, to talk to Keith or me or our guest, Robbie. Uh, today at 561-623-9429. That's 561-623-9429. We'd love to take your questions and hear how we're doing. So let's start out with a quick recap of some interesting things we've read, seen, heard during the week. Uh, I'm going to start out with an article I just got this morning from a colleague of mine. I didn't get a chance to pull up my copy of it. Um, It was about Generation Z. Uh, and I'm sure that'll fit into today's uh, conversation as well. Uh, Keith, you and I keep hearing about the millennials, um, but 17 million Gen Z are in the workforce today. Um, and just for the record, Gen Z were born around 1997 through, let's say, 2010, 2012. Uh, it's a really interesting group that employers really don't understand. They're still trying to figure out millennials after 20 years. Um, they think that anyone under 40 is a millennial, and that's just not so. Um, according to the research, Gen Zs are drinking less. They're not getting driver's licenses, which certainly fits into autonomous vehicles and the direction the market trends uh, where we're going, ride share. Uh, and they're not having sex as often. Um, so, I mean, we can we can have a whole other discussion about that, but uh, but we'll, we'll we'll save that for another day. But the article goes on to describe them more like I don't think this was great. It goes on to ta- say they're more like the children of the 1930s. So that would be my parents, um, probably your grandparents or uh, maybe great grandparents. Um, and they ask you to imagine if the children of the 1930s had learned to think learn and communicate while attached to a smartphone. So imagine, you know, I, I imagine my mother, now she has a mobile phone, she's still alive, she's, she just had her 95th birthday, but, uh, you know, she, she refuses to have a smartphone, but if I gave her a smartphone, um, they have similar, she'd have a similar attitude to the Gen Z, or Gen Z has a similar attitude to them. So uh, we, we need to look for, um, hopefully we'll have a guest soon who can talk about more about Gen Z. 
Well, as a matter of fact, I think we might have one coming up soon. He's an entrepreneur, college student in Seton Hall right now. I think he was born in the range of Generation Z. So I'm sure we'll have some good tidbits from that one. But I, I really see this as a true reflection of that first generation that has purely come up with phones in their hands. And... Um, and I see a lot of the the. There's two things going on there, right? There's almost a advancement of technology literally being integrated into everyone's daily routine, and then the other side is the dehumanization element that is, you know, could be uh, philosophically speaking, at least, being what's taking away by this in this injection of technology. I mean, the idea that you don't necessarily need to drive might represent the idea that they're staying at home more often than not. And maybe staying online. You know, what was it? 10, 15 years ago, we talked about how teenagers were growing up with two different personalities: their mm-hmm. online personality and their interpersonal relationship personality. So, I don't see. I'm not surprised by any of that. I, I am trying to wrap my head around how a Gen Z could be could be compared to a 1930s era child. Um, so well, I mean, but you go back, tricky. I mean, they, they lived, they, they were between wars. Um, the economy was, you know, that was the Great Depression. And, and then certainly uh, uh, the Gen Z, uh, 2008 to 2012, they, they, you know, those born, but uh, those born earlier than that experienced, uh, you know, probably the second greatest uh, economic collapse the country's experienced. So that would be part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, uh, you know, the article goes into a lot more, but it's a, it's a fascinating comparison. Um, and in line with that, I'm actually writing uh, an article. Uh, they, I, I write for Cornerstone's Rework blog, and I, I think you knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they requested, they said, hey, can you write an article about companies that aren't requiring college degrees? And I mean, that's a whole other thing. If anybody has any comments, I'm still writing it. So uh, uh, send, send me your comments or uh, about that. But they talked about how how some companies and they gave the example of LinkedIn and Intuit have eased the requirements for certain hires. And again, most of these things I'm finding are more in technology jobs than any other thing. Um, but they're reali- realizing that some really smart young people, um, which targets y- the younger millennials and uh, Gen Z, just can't afford to go to a four-year school and get the degrees that they have, that they need. And so, you know, a friend of, you know, one of the suggestions, a friend of mine said, you know, why don't, why don't uh, companies follow the leads of universities in which they give credit for military experience or other life experiences? Uh, and, um, you know, there's a lot going on with that. So stay tuned. I'm, I'm doing the research on it. The article should be out in a couple of weeks. Uh, but that would be another great topic about how education's being disrupted uh, within that. And you know, Keith, I mean, you, you've got, I don't know how many copies of my book you bought, but I got a whole chapter in there about the, you know, the future of recruiting, uh, using badges is going to be really important. And, you know, the, the key word there is disruption. I mean, I, I reference that part of your book all the time about how the, the a true disruption takes place from outside of that, that area, that environment. You know, we, the example I think you give is how, um, or a lot of people have talked about how Uber didn't come from the taxi industry. It came right. from outside of it. And really, you look at the way uh, the the role that kids are coming up and they're looking at the you know their 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 parents' economic uh, path 
has really disrupted their way, mm-hmm. you know, the universities mm-hmm. and the value that they bring. You look at the way the economy and, uh, you know, the talent market certainly shifts the power to the individual. And th- here we have another example of where people might not know what's coming next. No, absolutely. And I think you absolutely you just did a perfect queue up. Uh, and we're working in remote places, so this was completely unplanned. But you just queued up our guest. Uh, so let's, without any more delay, I want to introduce Robbie Goulry. Uh, he's a CMO from Engage Talent. That's EngageTalent.com. Um, let me just say that Robbie's bio begins, uh, that he sent me, begins with his mission. And it says, uh, pretty much sums up who he is. My mission is to use my technology, business, and marketing skills for a better world. World. Uh, he's got over 20 years of experience in technology, product marketing, and management, and works for a super innovative company. Uh, he and I talked just a few weeks ago. I know, Keith, you met him at, was it SourceCon? Yep. But, yep. Yeah. And uh, you recommended as a guest. Um, he graciously accepted. Um, I called him. We hit the ground running. I don't think, Robbie, you and I were on the phone more than uh, 30 seconds, and we were off on a billion topics. So can't wait to pick it up again. So welcome, Robbie. Thank you, guys. This is going to be pretty awesome, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, more than hopefully. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much a guarantee, and it will go fast. I'm trying uh, to be humble. I'm trying to be yeah. humble. <laughs> Lower your expectations. We'll all be fine. That's right. That's right. So, hey, so, so let's start out. Uh, tell because that's how we started our conversation last time. Tell us a little bit about what Engage is doing because I think what your what Engage, what Engage Talent does just sets the stage for. Um, what what most companies just don't realize where, you know, how recruitment's being reshaped, how information is sought, what you can learn about people, and uh, you know, what's that what's that little advantage that you might be able to get to pick off, uh, you know, the talent you need. So, again, thanks for joining us, and uh, why don't we start out with telling us a little bit about Engage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, before I jump into my little elevator pitch, uh, you know, you guys were talking about Gen Z and, you know, how people have uh, really, in all aspects of their life, kind of changed the way they approach life, you know, through the uh, access of data. You know, whether you're, you know, trying to get somewhere, you use Google Maps or Waze or whatever. If you're trying to, you know, uh, find a product to buy, you go to Amazon. If you're looking for a restaurant, you go to Yelp. Uh, and that kind of data sort of usage uh, is is really what we're trying to do in the recruiting world. We feel like recruiting and sourcing has been left behind a little bit in the uh, in the area of sort of talent identification and acquisition. So the way I describe Engage is very simple. It's sort of three legs to the stool. The first leg is talent talent identification. So many people we know are in positions that are just not good fit. It's not because the companies are bad. And it's not because the individuals are bad. There's just some kind of misalignment. And so we're really trying to help recruiters uh, identify the right people uh, for that particular uh, opportunity. Uh, and once we help with identification, we can use the data to really help with engagement. So the AI that we provide allows recruiters and talent acquisition people to really create custom messages, very personalized messages uh, to these individuals. So instead of receiving these cookie cutter emails that we're all used to that we'll frankly delete, in real time, we get something that's contextual. Uh, and then we c- kind of marry all that with what we call market intelligence. So if I know something about the individual, their knowledge, skills, and desires for a job change, and I can combine that with what's going on in their company, 
Uh, is there a leadership change? Is there a litigation event? Is there some kind of M&A activity going on? I can take all of that data and kind of combine it and be able to really equip these recruiters with some really uh, powerful insights to, to do their jobs a lot easier. So in the world of sales and marketing, which is the world that I come from, it's all about narrowing the funnel. You know, instead of focusing on, you know, a thousand sort of top of the funnel uh, people that are never going to buy your product or service, um, why only why not only focus on a hundred? You know, and that's what we talk about when we talk about recruiting as well. Let's narrow, narrow the funnel. Let's not send out a million uh, uh, sort of requests to you know collect a thousand resumes. Let's focus in on the hundred or so people that really care uh, about this particular opportunity that are seemingly seemingly better fit. Uh, and then let's focus our energies on that. And that's ultimately what we do at Engage Talent. And I got to tell you, this is the reason why I wanted Robbie on the on the podcast, Ira, because we met down at SourceCon and we're swimming in this sea of, for lack of better terms, techie focused uh, recruiting methods and, and concepts and all things considered, it works. But Robbie and I are sitting here, uh, we're just talking in between, you know, the the waves of people coming into the exhibition hall and Jobvite and Engage really focus on what we feel to be the, the, the key element here. And that's the people use the technology to your advantage by understanding the people. But I think, you know, you mentioned something, Robbie, that really resonated with me. It seems like talent acquisition and recruiting teams have been left behind in terms of getting progressive software that actually gives them the capability of finding the very important people that each company needs to to lead the company. So I find it fascinating that, you know, there's this notion of combining what's going on internally and externally with regards to making a good team put, uh, work together. How's it yeah. coming along so far? Uh, it's it's going it's going great. You know the company's been around for four years. Uh, we've got you know a couple of hundred customers that we're really doing some interesting uh, work for, and we focus our energies primarily on executive search firms and large uh, larger sort of enterprises that have talent acquisition teams that are looking for not only today but what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, you know how do you build that pipeline? How do you predict uh, growth within your organization? And, you know, our platform and our software can really help organizations do that. So, you know, just like any other software business, it's a constantly evolving uh, uh, thought process. The product continues to evolve. We go through literally two-week sprints. Our product team does a fantastic job of that. Uh, And then from our product and kind of marketing and market alignment standpoint, we're really trying to – you just said it, uh, Keith. I love what you said. You said um, what I – you know, is is focusing on the individual – and and things will happen and that's what we try to do we try to tell stories we you know with our content on our website we try to resonate with uh, you know the audiences that we're trying to communicate with on a day-to-day basis and you know overall it's uh, it's been a pretty exciting uh, you know last uh, year for me here uh, and uh, i think uh, 2019 is going to be even more exciting so robbie when when we you and i talked just a few weeks ago we talked about um an exam and this is gonna we're coming up against the break here so this is gonna just tee it up for the next segment um but you said you know if if i'm working in a company i may not be interested in moving on right now uh but uh my vp my boss my ceo uh, there's news of uh, merger and acquisition of my company that I, um, you know, maybe I wasn't interested last month, but because of that new news, I might be interested uh, now. 
to talk to a recruiter, maybe moving on. And uh, we're going to pick up that conversation as soon as we get back. Uh, you're listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. Uh, our guest today is Robbie Goury from Engage Talent, and we'll be right back. Have you ever dreamt of being on the radio? Well, now is your chance. Be a radio show guest on the number one ranked internet radio station and promote you and your business for free. Yes, you heard it, free. Business advertising right here on W4CY.com. Call 561-506-4031 now to get booked on one of our shows. That's 561-506-4031. Get your free advertising now. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let success performance solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, with my co-host, Keith Campagna, with our special guest today, Robbie Goury from Engage Talent. Hey, uh, Robbie, when we left off, we were talking about, uh, we had we had a great conversation offline too, so we're going to bring that back in, but when we left off, we just started to talk about uh, how things are changing. Obviously, um, ta- good. there's not a shortage of good talent, they're just all working. Good talent has a job already. And, uh, you know, unless you're creating a better opportunity, a better experience, uh, uh, you know, maybe better salary, maybe better benefits, but whatever it is uh, to entice them away, um, you know, you, you, you got to do something to get people from companies. But, you know, if I'm comfortable in my company right now, as, as we talked about right from before the break, I might not be interested. But, you know, I wake up this morning and I hear there's acquisition news, there's a merger. Uh, my boss is thinking about taking a new job, leaving the company. And that changes the whole dynamics. Uh, so how does your company fit into that? Because I, I think that's I mean, that to me was what fascinated me about Engage Talent, what the, the research that you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right, Ira. Uh, the if you look at McKinsey or if you look at IDC, they'll tell you that anywhere from 75 to 85 percent of qualified candidates today are passive, meaning they're they're already employed. They're generally pretty uh, fulfilled. Uh, it's only when certain things happen, these business shocks that I mentioned last time, 
is when they start getting a little nervous, which allows them to then start thinking through, okay, maybe I need to look at another opportunity. And so we're, we're involved very intrinsically across that entire sort of value chain. Not only are we looking at the individual themselves, the candidate, their skills, what they've been able to you know, acquire in terms of assets, both education and experience over a course of their career. And we're, we're then combining that with the businesses themselves. So at any given time, like literally we go through five to six million data point changes every single night because we're capturing data in real time about these companies, both private and public sector companies. So if there's a, a leadership change, we know about it. If there's a, a potential of a merger, we know about it. And we're able to feed that into our algorithms. And that's one big element uh, to decide what the engagement score. So we have basically a prediction model that allows us to predict how likely an individual is to, um, to even have that conversation. So it goes back to, again, uh, giving recruiters some insights that they didn't have before. So to your question, a long answer, we're, we're involved in that entire sort of uh, process from the candidate all the way to the company. So you, you, we talked about this in the break a little bit. A lot of companies just aren't familiar with, um, you know, they have no idea this is going on in the background. Um, you know, I, I think it's scary because I'm, I'm a small business uh, and the amount of information that I can track for free from companies. Uh, you know, I just discovered today that uh, it, I use MailChimp uh, for our newsletter. Uh, or, or for anything that goes out for our email car- campaigns. And uh, I just looked in there and for uh, just about a dollar, I mean, it's it's so cheap, for about a dollar, um, I can't, anybody who, who subscribes to the list, um, it will kind of search the, the net to see, um, you know, what social media profiles they belong to. Um, you know, to be able to connect on there and to create more engagement. Um, you know, we can track how long people are on the site and where they came from and where they went to and IP addresses. A company contacted me the other day, even contacting me, uh, you know, sharing who, who the information is. So there's a lot of information going on in the background. But going back to our topic, um, so to, to give people an example of this. Um, so do you track things that are going on in uh, LinkedIn? I mean, when, you know, or, or other sites like that, or I assume in the news as well, you know, in, in the journals, uh, that, uh, you know, that there's a, that somebody accepted a new position or a company was bought out uh, or is up for an acquisition. How are you acquiring that data? What's, what's the, the scoop to be able to notify, you know, let a, a recruiter or a staffing company know that someone might be available that wasn't before? Yeah, yeah, great question. Uh, from a data collection and aggregation standpoint, we, we don't bring any data in, um, you know, from LinkedIn. Uh, number one, we don't want to get our hands slapped. Uh, LinkedIn is pretty, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, pretty, uh, pretty uh, sensitive when it comes to that. Uh, we actually add to the kind of the data that LinkedIn has. So we actually work very well. Okay. We've got a little plug-in uh, extension for Chrome that works on top of LinkedIn. That's uh, that's one of my favorite features of the software. But in terms of our data, if you think about, uh, I'll give you some kind of anecdotal uh, examples of how we're able to triangulate data. So if you're working at XYZ company and, uh, and, and, you, and uh, they posted, and you're in marketing, let's say you're a marketing director, and they posted a job uh, it, you know, uh, that basically is looking for a marketing manager that needs to have like Marketo experience or MailChimp uh, chimp experience. Well, guess what? There's a pretty high chance that individual with that profile 
has MailChimp experience, given that they work in the company that utilizes that technology. So that's just one small way of how we're able to kind of continue to build profiles. And then some of the other data elements that we use are our public domain data. We're able to look at people's indiv- you know, individual profiles across uh, public records and kind of marry that with their, you know, their uh, sort of uh, personal and professional sort of history to come up with a much more holistic view of that particular candidate. And so if you kind of look at holistically between the candidate to the business, you know, we're looking at you know, almost uh, got over 30,000 sources of data, you know, anywhere from the local uh, Marietta Journal, Marietta is a small little suburb here mm-hmm. in Atlanta, all the way up to the New York Times or the Washington Post. And we're able to, we're able to sort of just continue to build, uh, you know, upon that layer of data. This is sort of a, a real world talent recruiting kind of application for big data. Yeah, and and by by the way, I, I didn't want to make you think that you broke into uh, you hacked uh, LinkedIn's <laughs> database <laughs> before. Yeah, I, no. I, I I did mean to infer <laughs> that you were scraping the data, right. <laughs> the public data, you know, right. from that. You know, and it's it's funny you say that because I'm 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 sitting here thinking the three of us have something in common here, and that we're all agents of change, and we're all out there promoting an idea that's somewhat futuristic in, in its in, at its base because a lot of these companies are so busy keeping up with their daily activities that you know you know Robbie you mentioned how some people come in and they didn't even know that engage uh, is out there for them. But engaged talent exists because of a uh, of a problem that exists today. So I'm curious, what kind of feedback are you getting from you know the audience in general about this this use of technology? Here it is, it's Halloween. We certainly don't want to spook too many people, but you know AI is a very realistic thing. Uh, you know, depending on who you listen to, we're already living um, among. AI. So what you know, what are you seeing from different companies in terms of their response to this? Are they just too busy that they can't pay attention to it or are you uh, are they just, you know, spooked? Um yeah, I, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. You know, it's funny before I kind of got into this world, my assumption and and I should learn in my old age to not assume because uh, you know what they say about assumptions Uh, but I I assume that the recruiting firms and the staffing agencies and the executive search firms were maybe behind uh, in terms of their understanding and their and their sort of uh, a general approach to to data and AI versus the corporates the larger companies and what I found is actually it's the exact opposite Recruiting firms, they, they get it. They've been listening for a while. They understand that, wow, there's a better way and a more efficient way to use data to be able to get to the, uh, to the right candidate kind of at the right time with that right message, as we like to say. When I start talking to the corporates, sometimes I just get like, you know, deer, deer in headlights kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, yeah. you know, uh, perspective. But yeah. often I'll, I'll, I'll really, after we're able to kind of explain how we're able to aggregate and use this data for the, for the greater good, um, they they really start looking at how that can be applied within their organization. So after I get past the educational sort of uh, process, they're able to look at, wow, you mean to tell me that I can look at my competitor? So if I'm AT&T, I can look at what's going on at Verizon. Or if I'm, uh, you know, uh, Home Depot, I can look at what's going on at Lowe's and see within a kind of a talent mapping kind of uh, a world, which business unit within the organization is really you know, being affected by talent retention. And so what we do is we keep talent retention predictions for every single 
company that's in the system. And we have almost 14 million businesses in the system today in our platform. And we're able to basically predict how likely that company is to be able to retain you know, their talent. And for the larger companies, this is such an essential uh, element uh, in terms of not only current sort of stance in the market, but how they're planning on recruiting the, the Gen Zs and beyond sure. of the world. Sure. Yeah. Th- it, it sounds like it's, it's a, a need to have in the not too distant future. Um, 100%. We think so. Yeah, we think so. We think so. So, so this is probably to both of you, but, um, you know, you, you talked a lot about, um, you know, how companies need to approach people better, um, look at the, you know, the t- narrow the funnel uh, or change what the funnel looks like. Uh, when we first talked, you, you mentioned something about the 10-year-old daughter litmus test for marketing and recruiting. What, 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 what's that about, Robbie? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I kind of approach my day-to-day uh, based on... Oh, she's 11 now, by the way, so I oh, guess okay. I, should change, <laughs> I should change that. Uh, See, they, things do change fast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I, when I speak at conferences or when I write a paper or put up a, a, you know, a blog entry of some kind, I always look to myself uh, and, and say, okay, can I explain this to my 10-year-old, now my 11-year-old? in a way that she's a very smart girl, but again, she's only been in this planet for 10 years. So how do I explain it and sort of educate the market in a way that, you know, is easy to digest? So I use that test all the time for my sort of personal, you know, marketing sort of activities. But I think more importantly, the the litmus test also applies for, you know, the candidate experience side of the house. I mean, we as consumers, whatever our favorite brand is, we expect our our brand to be able to deliver that experience in a way that we want. So if you're buying, I don't know, glasses from Warby Parker, or if you're, uh, if you're buying something from Amazon, you expect now the experience to be absolutely rock solid. And, and it's ironic in a way how companies approach, and I think things are changing as well, uh, very rapidly, the candidate experience. Because we're candidates of jobs, but we're really consumers as well. If we get a good experience at the candidate side as we're applying through, uh, through the process of a particular position inside a company, even if we don't get hired, we feel good about the company. Uh, but if we have a bad experience, nobody ever talks to us, gives us zero feedback, no transparency, uh, none of that really uh, helps us in terms of our perception of that particular brand. So it goes back to the litmus test. You know, If you're putting a process or systems or technology or AI in play, well, Think through first how that's going to impact the candidate throughout the entire life cycle between the time they even hear about you on a, either a job post or a social media link all the way through the actual you know, offer process. And I think if you kind of look at it from that perspective and simplify and continue to be transparent, um, it just makes a lot of sense. So, Rob, we're going to take another quick break here for everyone. Uh, And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about outbound marketing and and how recruiting marketing automation changed um, in the last five years and where it's going. Uh, So you're listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show with our guest, Robbie Goury from Engage Talent. We're talking about recruiting, marketing, technology, the future of work. We'll be right back. Have you ever dreamt of being on the radio? Well, now is your chance. Be a radio show guest on the number one ranked internet radio station and promote you and your business for free. Yes, you heard it, free. Business advertising right here on W4CY.com. Call 561 506 
561-506-4031 now to get booked on one of our shows. That's 561-506-4031. Get your free advertising now. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization show powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. You've been hearing from our guest today, Robbie Goury from Engage Talent. I um, want to also thank our sponsors again. Uh, you heard a few times from them as well, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. Really appreciate their support. Hey, uh, when we left off, um, we said we were going to talk a little bit more about recruitment, marketing, marketing automation. Um, not so much. I, I guess we'll talk a little bit how it's changed in the last five years. But where's it going? What, what do you what do you see happening, Robbie? Yeah, you know, I like to say um, personalization in a scalable way. You know, that's usually the uh, the trade offs, right? Is if you want to do personalization and and compose messages outbound that are uh, sort of customized and personalized for the individual or individuals that you're talking to. The trade-off is you can't necessarily do that in a, in a uh, scaled way. And that's really where AI and, and machine learning and the ability to utilize data in a much more efficient way uh, helps us. It gives us the ability, not only as recruiters, but marketers, which frankly is synonymous these days, uh, to, to really be able to personalize across uh, an entire um, you know, spectrum of positions that need to be filled. And that's exciting to me. So the, you know, what I see over the next year, five years, is things just continue to get more streamlined. The ability for not only us, but people like us to you know, leverage data in a much more uniform and, and holistic way gets better. The algorithms get smarter. Uh, and, uh, and our ability to personalize and scale out all at the same time without the trade-offs uh, basically is what I'm excited about. So um, what, what's, I guess, the biggest hurdle do you think that companies face? Um, you know, you talked before about staffing and executive, you know, recruiters seem to get it, but companies, uh, there seems to be a lag. What, what's the, I guess, what's the message or what do you think is holding them back? Yeah, I, I think it's not the technology. Uh, it's really the, uh, the mindset 
Um, you know, there's, there's people that we run into day to day as we're kind of going through the education and selling process that just get it. They, they understand how this can impact them in a much more uh, positive way. It's sort of the, it's analogous to, you know, I can I think the market or the consumer's view of AI in general, not just recruiting technology. Some consumers believe that AI is, uh, you know, it's the robot apocalypse. Other consumers believe that AI is a augmentation to human sort of activity. And it's the same philosophy, I think, that can be applied to the recruiting world. Some recruiters uh, just aren't uh, necessarily educated on the ability to leverage AI and data for their effectiveness and efficiency. Others seem to get it. So for me, it's not necessarily the technology that seems to be the, the, uh, you know, the issue, the uphill battle. It's uh, often education and just, frankly, uh, perspective. And that might actually have something to do with your uh, your surprised assumption that you talked about earlier, Robbie, because here you have staffing agencies and recruiting agencies that are focusing a whole lot on the human element of business, whereas corporations have a lot more uh, focus on you know the the daily activities or driving the number or getting the next product pushed out to the market so it's almost like if you see people or if you recognize an organization that's really trying to hold on to that candidate experience keeping the the human in human resources so to speak <laughs> I, I think you see that that's where people come maybe better prepared to or uh, or not not resistant to any change but more so willing to figure out how to make it work for them yeah, I, I can't say that enough. You know, we cannot take the human element out. It, it, first of all, uh, the AI is just a uh, the, the 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 tool or the capability or a uh, amplifier, if you will, to uh, create create a much more efficient way to do things instead of paper shuffling a bunch of resumes that you know we may not look at over over a short period of time. Why not let the AI decide? Uh, you know, and give us a leg up to be able to really identify some of those best, best fit talented individuals. Do you, and, and I think Keith, you, you sort of asked this question, uh, maybe I'm, maybe I missed it, but is it H, do you th Robbie, do you think it's HR or is it management? Is it both? I mean, who, whose mindset needs to change? I think it's generally um, the the senior management, C-level suites. You know, in the larger corporates that we run into, when I first talk to talent acquisition leaders across these organizations, they're generally up to up to par. I mean, they they generally get it. Uh, it's convincing the the you know the people who've got the checkbooks, if you will, the CFOs and the other C-level managers on how important this is to the overall. Um, effectiveness of the company and the longevity of the company because we're not just talking about AI for the sake of AI we're talking about leveraging uh, a technology like engage to be able to um, add and continue to evolve and uh, and build a talent pipeline and and without talent you know none of these companies are really just they're just entities at the end of the day um, so you know as much as uh, the sea levels talk about the war for talent is real and how 50% of global CEOs today, in fact, I saw this number just a couple of days ago, 50% of global uh, CEOs, not just in the U.S., uh, basically say that 
talent is their number one issue, especially as the markets are evolving so rapidly. And the McKenzie study shows the rate of changes at 3,000x is trying to find these people that are really going to be able to react with the dynamic sort of nature of business. Yet the same C-levels who state this aren't the ones who are uh, necessarily funding the right technology and the processes and the applications to really uh, to you know to really make this happen. Robbie, what's the first thing that um, you think of? You know, w- once we get off this call, somebody's listening to it or they listen on demand uh, again, and you can you can pick these up on iHeartRadio. Um, what what's the first thing a company needs to do, uh, and whether it's management or HR, what to to make a change? Uh, I think just alignment uh, across the board, recognizing, yes, talent is uh, important and continuing to build that talent pipeline is important. So I think all of us can agree to that. But then the tactical uh, and the more strategic way of going about that uh, probably needs to be more aligned. So what does that mean kind of in tactics? It means that, uh, you know, really uh, educating themselves uh, with the help of, uh, you know, companies like us and others on how. Uh, technology can really help with that talent sort of gap, Uh, be able to identify the right talent at the right time, be able to engage them, and AI can help with all of those. And then obviously combine that with uh, all the sort of, um, you know, market intelligence that we provide. So if you're talking about candidate, it's really what we're talking about is candidate experience, right? Make sure you keep the candidate in mind and use technology to make that whole process and uh, an onboarding and uh, retention and so on and so forth as efficient as it can be. Is, is there any part of, of all this that worries you? You know, I mean, of all the change, uh, uh, just, I mean, not, not just, I, I guess that we should be fearful of, you know, next week I'm giving a couple talks and talking about the ethics a little bit about some of this. Um, what worries you? Yeah, you know, we constantly get questioned on, uh, well, is GDPR, which is a European regulation today, happening in America? And yeah, I think uh, I think uh, you know soon um, it, we're going to see a U.S. Uh, wide uh, equivalent to GDPR. Um, that doesn't worry me. I think that's a necessity in a way. What worries me is people's misunderstanding of that. And again, going back to the sea level decision makers, their sort of misconception of that. How does that, um, you know, how does that sort of uh, impact uh, their buying decisions and the sales cycles and those kind of things? So I, I think about that. I also think about some of the ethical uh, concerns that people may have. You know, again, if you look at data as a as a as an asset, the asset can be, you know, used for good and it can be also used for not so good. And obviously, what we're trying to do is, you know, use it for good for the purposes of best fit alignment. So that worries me a little bit. But in terms of AI and technology and the evolution, uh, I get nothing but jazz and excited about all of that stuff. I love the, the conversation about what, what, might, what wrong might come. I think that we're, it's the, the human element of, of artificial intelligence is so concerned about what can go wrong that I think more often than not, people are going to miss the opportunity of, of using the technology the correct way so that they could actually improve their their lot in, in their company or maybe even their lot in life. Uh, I just think that there's a, a middle way here. And, uh, you know, I agree with Robbie there. I don't think there's much to be afraid about. 
Yeah, there's some great books. I'll be sharing some of it. Uh, again, I'm going to be talking about uh, this next week, uh, not on the show, um, or maybe we'll talk about it on the show a little bit. But um, it, there's there's a lot more to come on on what the future looks like and and the fear factors. Hey, Robbie, we're I, I told you before we this this was going to move fast. Uh, we'd be out of time quick, and we'd have a lot of fun. Uh, so I really take appreciate you taking some time out of your day uh, to talk with us. Uh, how can listeners uh, reach out to you? Uh, I mean, as I'm sure uh, again, I think you got a fascinating company and you got a great perspective. So if anybody wants to reach out to you direct out, how do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm open all the time. I'm in the East Coast, so uh, reach out. Email is uh, is is one way. It's Robbie.Gulry. Uh, and uh, I think in the show notes you'll <laughs> you'll get the uh, spelling to my last name, but it's G-U-L-R-I, Robbie R-O-B-B-Y at engagetalent.com. Check out our website at engagetalent.com. And then I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active. I'm constantly posting some things. Uh, and so LinkedIn, it's just Robbie Gulri. You'll, uh, you'll be me and my cousin, who's also named Robbie Gulri in India, but you, you won't get it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then uh, uh, Derek Zeller, who's one of my colleagues, and I are doing a podcast ourselves. We call it the Masters of Modern Recruiting. And look for that on iTunes or Google Play or whatever, and you'll get a chance to you know, uh, directly interface with us, but uh, be, be happy to hear from you. Love to get some feedback, not only on this show, but any of the other things that you may be thinking about or hearing about. No, you, and I appreciate that. I'm glad you brought it up. You uh, brought me up and uh, you introduced me to Derek. Derek and I had a great conversation just a few weeks ago. And again, it was mostly about AI. And I loved this comment of that he, he's the guy with the uh, tinfoil hat. Uh, and I think after our conversation, he uh, thought he needed uh, to guard himself a little bit more. But uh, that was fun. <laughs> so I re- really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Listen to the uh, podcast. I, I think uh, my episode will be on uh, sometime in November, but uh, we'll keep. Yeah, uh, in, a, in a week, in a week, I, I promise. Uh, okay, perfect. Uh, no, no worries. Got enough stuff coming out of here. So again, hey, Robbie, thanks very much. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, we, we've just got a few few more minutes to go before closing out. Um, a couple announcements here, uh, and we'll kind of get a, a couple closing comments from Keith as well. Um, I, I've mentioned a few times over the last few weeks that my Google for Jobs video course um, was in the works. Uh, I know a lot of people are struggling trying to figure out why aren't my jobs showing up in Google for Jobs? Uh, they changed the algorithms. And and uh, again, that's why I, somebody coined me the uh, Google guy this week because I, I seem to be uh, <laughs> the guy that's a little ahead of that. Um, but it's now ready to accept students. Um, it's a series of six videos, less than 30 minutes total. So pretty quick and easy easy, walks you through what Google for Jobs is, why every company's got to figure out how to use it, uh, because uh, many companies don't realize that their jobs aren't getting posted into Google for Jobs uh, if they're only using Indeed. There's a coupon up on the site. Uh, you get an 82% discount. Uh, if you go to it, you can go to www.successperformancesolutions.com as well. Um, and, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. If you can't get that, just email me or leave a comment. Um, if you're not interested in the course, uh, I send out a weekly newsletter with, uh, updates and tips and trends. We'll be, uh, doing a rehash on today's episode. The, this episode will also be posted up on my site, uh, as well. So you'll be able to get it there. Uh, next week's show should be as interesting as all of the other ones we've had. Uh, we've got another great guest, um, Andre, is it Boulay? Keith? Is that Boulay, yeah. Yeah. Andre Boulay yep. from Jobvite. Uh, what, yep. 
I, I know you know Andre. What what's uh, Andre yeah. going to be talking about? Andre's going to be talking about almost the extension of the conversation where we left it today, and that is the, the the business world needs to start treating their potential new hires like their sales teams start treating potential new clients, and that has everything to do with the way that you market to the to the masses. Andre came from uh, Salesforce.com in a, in one of the uh, divisions and really took a lot of success, learned a lot of success there, saved them a couple million dollars when he partnered with Jobvite. And then he came to the dark side of the force and now he's running our engaged managed services division, which is really where HR has the capability of, you know, getting their brand, getting their message out to the people they want that message being heard by and not having to worry about spending time doing it. So, uh, and he's full of life, full of great examples. He was in London last last week, so I'm sure he's going to have a lot of good stuff to share. Yeah, it, it should and be great. Uh, congratulations on your uh, on the classes being completed. I know from all the, the the seminars we've been to, a lot of people are scratching their head on how to get through this new Google Jobs change. And I'm sure it'll add value. So congrats. And it's changing again. Yeah, there's a couple other announcements coming out. Uh, and uh, we, we may have a big solution for everybody. So stay tuned. Uh, next week will be interesting besides having Andre as a guest. Uh, it'll be really interested from a logistics standpoint. Both Keith and I will be remote. Um, I'm going to be traveling from Baltimore to Philly. And uh, uh, Keith is going to be, uh, where are you going to be, Keith? I'm going to be down at the Ultimate Software HR Tech Conference down in Tyson Corner, Virginia, and what I am going to do is make sure I shut off all the other programs in my computer <laughs> before I come onto the to the show. Yeah, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. <laughs> you're, you're in charge. Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll be good to go. Yeah. Good to go. So appreciate that. And finally, uh, by the time we're on the air next week, uh, the election will be over. Um, I guess that'll be good, uh, depend and, and uh, depending on whose side you're on. Uh, it's really a pivot point, everyone. And uh, I don't want to turn this into a political discussion other than to say, please make sure you vote next week, November 6th. Uh, Keith and I just want to thank everyone who's been listening. We get, again, we want to thank Robbie Gouri for being our guest. If you have any comments or questions, email me at iwolf at super-solutions.com. That's I-W-O-L-F-E at super-solutions.com. You connect with, connect with both Keith and me on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, Keith, any final words? No, I just think I want to thank Robert for coming out here. A great conversation, as it's always been since we met. Love the, the energy that the uh, that you bring to the to the message, and uh, you know, super grateful that you're on the show. I'm sure we'll cross paths again soon. And just to again check us out, it you know, we've got the podcast. The recordings will be on our LinkedIn profiles, and keep that number close if you're you're driving and you're listening. Five six one six two three nine four two nine. Geek Skeezers and You've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We bring you topics and thought leaders discussing a future of work where the tired, the wired, and technology converge. Until next Wednesday and every Wednesday after that, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY.com and iHeartRadio. This is your host, Ira Wolf, co-host Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans. Make change work for you. 